Corbin, Kentucky. Can I have the mic on? It's a uh, Ron. It's number five song. Check one, two. Check one, two. Check one, one, two. What a mighty God we serve. singing, more preaching, God. We just ask that you'll be pleased with us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Let's uh, sing in congregational worship this morning. Victory in Jesus.
sought me, he sought me. Amen. <laughs> I, I didn't seek him. <laughs> he sought me, and he bought me, and he he died on the cross, and he had the payment ready. He could do it. Amen. Amen. All right, men. Come on with it. we got just a little time to do this.
pray for the choir. Sweet spirit, Miss Taylor.
to that song, Sweet Holy Spirit. And in studying Paul in the New Testament, I've, you'll find that Paul went through some difficult circumstances that you and I probably couldn't even imagine what he went through. But yet Paul realized that he couldn't trust in his abilities. He couldn't trust in the gifts that God had given him. He couldn't trust in his experiences that he had been through in his past. But Paul realized that the only one that he could trust that would see him through it is the Lord Jesus Christ. And boy, that song, I like the words to it. And it goes like this, and you know it. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to in Jesus and take him at his word and because we're trusting in him I want Michelle to come I'm just going by the Holy Spirit this morning and I want her to sing we're standing on holy ground when his presence is in the midst you're standing on holy ground it has nothing to do with working the service up it has nothing to do with the man has nothing to do with anything else other than the Lord himself in the midst of our church service right now. He's moving in somebody's heart. Somebody needs help today. Somebody has a need that needs to be met. Somebody's carrying a heavy burden. Somebody here's maybe lost and they need Jesus to save them. Somebody's got something in their life and they're needing a touch from God. And boy, right here's the best place to come to get help. I can't help you, but the Lord sure can help you because we're standing on holy ground.
can't help this now because his word is sweet I don't know about you but I came to church this morning needing a touch from God you say well I thought you was all prayed up I have rough weeks like you do and I need to hear from God I don't need to come sit on my pew and go through the routine of church to say that I came to church. I want more than that. 
I don't want the ordinary. I want the out of the ordinary. To where you can't explain what God, what's happened except to say God did it. And the enemy. Has he been on your case this week? But you know what I found out? He's so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word just to rest upon his promise just to know thus saith the Lord Jesus Jesus how I trust him how I proved him o'er and o'er Jesus Jesus precious Jesus friend we have in Jesus he's the dearest friend that I ever had what about you and he does stick closer than a brother (laughs) he's my comforter my helper he's exactly what I need I want us to stand as a choir comes down And I want you to greet somebody and shake their hand and you tell them God loves you.
seated. We'll get our ushers ready. And uh, we've got a lot of folks that, that are out today sick. Brother Ron's recovering from his surgery, and you need to remember him in prayer. And uh, folks are out of town, sickness. We've got a lot of stuff really going on in the life of our church. But God knew who would be here, who exactly would be here today. And uh, so glad you came, and we want to welcome you to Hopewell Baptist Church. We also want to welcome those by way of Internet and television, and we thank them for also uh, coming in as well in our service. And we just pray and trust that God will move in our hearts as he already has mine. And, uh, and there's people, you know, that are hurting. They need prayer. People need comfort, and, uh, and I'm glad the Lord can do that, and we just got to keep praying. We got to keep praying. Lord, I thank you for the service, the opportunity to be here, and I'm glad that I'm standing on holy ground because what makes it holy is you. And Lord, I just... Pray for these that have a need that may be carrying a burden. And even that lost soul, Lord, you know exactly how to speak to hearts. You know exactly what we stand in need of. And Lord, I ask you not only to bless this offering we're about to take, but I pray you touch Brother Larry as he comes to sing. And Lord, I stand in great need of a touch. Lord, realizing that I'm nothing but a man. Oh, Lord, just a sinner saved by grace. But, Lord, if you don't help me, if you don't touch me, I'll fall flat on my face. Because I realize, Lord, without you, I can't. And, Lord, I feel like Moses. If you don't go with me, I don't want to go. And, Lord, I pray, Lord, that that person, if they are lost, that today they would get saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Brother Larry, you come right on. Um, verse of this song this morning says, says, I've had my share of troubles. But God's been so good to me. You know, I think about uh, how I fail him each and every day. How he deserves so much more from me than he gets. This world needs a, a God that's always there. I tell him my Sunday school Christ this morning. The Bible says he holds the oceans in the palm of his hand. He's a big God. That still he can come and live in my heart. That's a small little thing. I mean, he wants to be that personal in your life. And all he asks is for a chance. Today, if you don't know the Lord as your Savior, I can't think of a 
better time than to just surrender to him and say, Lord, you take my life. You make it what it needs to be. I don't know why I can't. Every time I try, I mess, I fail, I mess up. But uh, if you just give him a chance, he'll he'll make a rich man out of you.
you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Exodus. Exodus. Miss Trish hid on my sermon. She posted something, and it was this verse. This is what I'm preaching on. I started to call her and say, did you hear something from God on what I was going to preach this week? But she posted this verse out of Exodus chapters 12. For sake of time, I just want to read uh, verse 11 down through verse number 13. Notice what the Bible says, and here's what I want to preach on because I want our thoughts to kind of be on this. Has the blood been applied? It's all about the blood. Has it been applied? The Bible says, And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Notice whose Passover it is. It's the Lord's. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. And I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And can I just say there's coming a day when the Lord's going to execute judgment. And it will be upon all those who have rejected and refused him, who did not accept Christ as their personal Savior. And it will be a judgment that people will not want. It'll be a judgment far beyond human comprehension of what that's going to be like. And the Bible said, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. Mm, I'm about to preach right there on that sentence. I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Oh, what a night that was to be remembered. And I believe as long as the people of Israel lived, they could tell about that night to be remembered. And the Bible said, tell your children to tell their children about that night when God delivered us out of Egypt. He, I can almost see what was going on when he said, now don't forget, make sure you get your children and gather them around and tell them about the Passover. Now the word Passover is mentioned ten times in the Bible. The last time that you find the word Passover is in 1 Corinthians chapters 5 verse 7 where it says Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Boy, aren't you glad for that? Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us, for the one who's reading it. And... God said to Moses and Aaron, he said, I want you to go and tell everybody that I've got some blueprints. I want you to tell them I've got a 
I've got a plan for a special night and when that night comes it'll be a night to be remembered you'll remember it all the days of Israel and boy before I get into the message can I just say something about the blood for a few minutes I may not even get to my text because the blood is so exciting to me you see it wasn't the blood of goats and calves and turtle doves and lambs but it was the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that was shed on that cross for you and me Hebrews 9 12 says neither by the blood of goats and calves but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us now I want to stop right there and say something to those that believe that that you can lose your salvation and you got to keep getting saved if that was true the Lord would have had to kept going and kept going he entered in once when I got saved, I got saved once. His blood was enough to save me one time. And I can't lose what he gave me. It'll be right here in my heart till he comes or I take death comes and I'm in the presence of the Lord Jesus. You see, when I think about the blood, I think about the blood of the Lord Jesus and what holy blood that was. Did you know that the heart of the Bible is the blood? Did you know that this book that you have in front of you is a bloody book? I mean, the subject is about the blood. The theme is about the blood. Everything in the Bible is about the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Without the blood, you and I would be lost. Without the blood, you and I would be totally separated from God for all eternity. Without the blood, we'd be in outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Without the blood, you and I'd be on our way to hell. Without the blood, you you and I would be in torments plural but thank God for the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary and it covered my sin past present and future and because of the blood he came by one day and rescued old Dennis he delivered old Dennis he rescued me he saved me he redeemed me and he bought brought me into his family because of the blood if you try to take the blood out of this book or you try to bypass the blood, we'll be in trouble because it's all about the blood. And when I got to thinking about it, the Bible is divided into six parts, three in the Old Testament and three in the New. The three in the Old Testament is the law, writings, and then the prophets. Can I just tell you where the heart is in all of these six sections of the Bible? Did you know that the heart of the law is in Leviticus chapter 16 where it tells us on the day of atonement once a year that high priest would enter into the holy of holies and he would sprinkle that blood on the mercy seat. He would offer a sacrifice for the sins of the people of Israel once a year. Boy, 
boy, the heart of the law is in Leviticus 16. But then I come to the writings. Did you know that the heart of the writings is in Psalm chapters 22? That great crucifixion chapter. I mean, where Jesus looked back and said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And it, you, you can see the dripping of the blood when you read that chapter coming from Jesus' veins as he hung on that old rugged cross. The heart of the prophets is in 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. For as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received from the tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. When you come to the New Testament, it's divided into three sections. You've got the Gospels, you got the epistles and you've got the book of Revelation. The heart of the gospel is in John 3 beginning in verse 14 where it says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I like that. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Oh, then it goes on to say, He that believeth on me is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Why? If you're here and you're lost, you're condemned. It's what the Bible says. It says, he that believeth not is condemned already. Why? Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. He's the only God. Boy, I like that. What about the, uh, what about the heart of the epistles? I just gave you that. It's in First Peter in fact, let's go back for a minute. I got two verses wrong. The heart of the prophets is in Isaiah 53, 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. The heart of the epistles is 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. But what about the heart of the book of Revelation? Chapters 1, verse 5 and 6 is the heart of that book. Unto him that loved us and washed us. Aren't you glad you've been washed this morning? Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And because of that, he hath made us kings and priests. Unto God and his Father. And boy, I can't think of no better words to say than this, than what the Bible says. Unto him be glory forever and ever because of what he did on the cross of Calvary for you and me. And boy, can I just say the blood is where it's all at. And I thank God for the blood. But then let me give you five things real quick 
We'll be here till about two. I've already called the restaurants and told them to hold your seat at the table. So we're good. Five things about that night to be remembered. Number one, it was a night of divine instruction. Oh, listen, God gave Moses and Aaron some divine instruction. When you go back to verse 1 and start reading it, God said, Moses, I want you and Aaron to go tell everybody because I'm getting ready to deliver you out of Egypt. He said, I want you to go tell everybody. There's a special, I've got plans for a special night. And he said, I'm going to get you out of Egypt, out of that bondage. I'm glad for that day when Jesus came by my way and he sought me and he got me out of the bondage of sin. He got me out of that being a captive of the devil. And I'm glad that he delivered and rescued me just like he did the children of Israel. Here are three things about God's divine instruction. First of all, we see the timing. Did you know we'd better obey God and do it in his time and not our time? I believe God gives a time for a person to get saved. I believe God gives a time for a nation to seek Him. I believe God gives a time for revival. And boy, we better obey God and do it in God's time and not a. You say, well, what about God's timetable here in our text? Notice what it said. He said, I want you to come in the first month. And he said, when you come in the first month, I want you to get a lamb on the 10th day. He's giving them some instructions. And keep that lamb up until the 14th day of that first month. And on that last evening of, of that 14th day, I want you to slay that lamb. Do you see? The timing had to be right. It was God's timing. Not our timing. And many times we want God to operate on our timetable. Oh no, we operate on His timetable. For His ways are not our ways and His thoughts are not our thoughts. And boy, it was divinely instructed by God. Notice number two, the type. What type had to die? That lamb had to be twofold. It had to be a male and it had to be a year or less old. Less than a year old. It had to, you, you see, some old ram that couldn't hardly get around, God didn't want some old ram that couldn't hardly get around. He, it, that lamb had to be one year or less, God wanted the best. And it had to be without blemish and without spot. When I thought about that, I thought about Jesus. When Jesus hung on that old rugged cross, he didn't have a spot on him. For he was without sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us. Have you ever got a hold of that verse? The Holy One became sin for us because he took your sin and my sin and he put it upon himself. No wonder he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But you know why he did it? He did it because he loved us. And boy, what a love that was. So we see the type. Then we see the token. What was the token? God said, Moses, I want you, I want you to tell them to go get, a, get some hyssop. 
Now, hyssop was a common weed in Egypt. And he said, I want you to take that hyssop and dip it in the blood of that that basin. Lord, have mercy. I just thought of Psalm 51, 7. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be white as snow. And he said, when you dip that blood in that basin, I want you to go to the front porch of your house and I want you to stand at that front door and take that blood, here's the token, and strike it on the two sides and the upper door. Do you know what that did? That painted an old rugged cross on the house of that, of that family that lived in that house. Boy, when the death angel came by that night, You see, he couldn't come through the cross. And he couldn't come through the blood. Death couldn't enter into that house. Why? Because there's power in the blood of the Lamb. I'm glad that the devil can't get you and he can't get me. If we're born again, listen, we're safe under the blood of Jesus. Thank God I've been washed. Thank God I've been cleansed. Thank God I've been delivered. Thank God I've been rescued. Thank God he saved me. Thank God I'm a child of God instead of a child of the devil. Thank God I'm on my way to heaven and not hell. Thank God I've got something to shout about and sing about and praise him about. I don't have to sit like death entered into the room because life lives in me. Jesus he gave me eternal life all because of what he did and boy can I just say another thing about this (laughs) aren't you glad for that day by faith you put the cross on your heart (laughs) and I trusted in him as my personal savior You know what happens when the rapture comes and he calls his children home? Only those that have the cross on their heart, the blood will go to be with him. It'll be like a magnet. We'll just rise to meet him in the air. And if you don't have the blood, you'll be left behind. You won't go to be with the Lord because you won't be His. You say, well, preacher, I've done some good works. That's not going to get you to heaven. Preacher, I've joined the church. That's not going to get you to heaven. Preacher, I've even been baptized. That's not going to get you to heaven. The only way you can get to heaven is by the blood of the Lamb. There's no other way to get there except by the blood. By the blood. Boy, one of these days, I'm going to get to see the prince in his hands when I get to heaven. And you will too. And we'll be reminded the only reason we're there in his presence is because of what he did down here on that cross for you and me. I've told the story about the little girl who was in an orphan home. Boy, that orphan caught on fire. That home did. The children started screaming and they got the ladder and they were trying to rescue as many as they could rescue. And they ended up rescuing all of them. And now 
They were trying to find homes and one particular little girl, they said, we found you a home. He's a doctor and he makes good money and he'll be able to take care of you. And that little girl said, I don't want to go there. And he said, well, what about this home? He's a lawyer. I don't want to go. Well, where do you want to go? She said, Mister, I want to go and be with the one that's got the scars on his hands that reached in the fire and rescued me. I tell you, I want... Boy, I think I'll just stop preaching and just shout and praise him and just have recess and invitation. That's how I feel right now. Without even getting through the rest of the sermon. Oh, Lord. It's all about the blood. That's why I like to sing nothing but the blood of Jesus. That's why I like to sing are you washed in the blood. That's why I like to sing there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Here's what I like. And see when <laughs> I'm getting tickled over it. Yeah, I keep singing it. Don't wait on me. You know the words, don't you? Lose all. Did you get it? Lose all their guilty stains. That means past, present, and future in my life. Jesus took care of all of it. Because there's a fountain filled with blood. He didn't say there's a fountain filled with water. He said there's a fountain filled with blood. He didn't say there's a fountain filled with good works. If he did, you and I would have to do good works. And by the way, if we had to go that way, we'd all be in hell. Because ain't none of us good, no, not one. It don't matter how much good works you and I would do, we'd be lost. We couldn't pay for our own sins. But there's one who entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. But there's one whose name is Jesus, who came down and was born of a virgin in Bethlehem. And he walked in his earthly ministry. And he pointed every single person to him. He was headed to that cross. And on his way to that cross, he healed some sick. And he caused the blind to see and the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak and the lame to walk. Up along that way, he was headed to Mount Calvary. And he had you and me on his mind. Well, the devil tried to stop him there in the wind wilderness but he lost because Jesus is the son of God and he can't be tempted oh I find that when he went to the garden of Gethsemane once again the enemy tried to stop him but he said father if it if you just allow it would you let this cup pass from me? Nevertheless, I've got them young'uns on my mind. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. 
And he went to that cross. And every drop of blood that he shed, he shed it for you and me. Oh, I'm just going to stop. I about preached myself to death. Don't know if I could get to the second point. <laughs> All I want to say, church, is we got something to sing about and shout about. Praise the Lord about why we've been delivered. Why we've been rescued. Why he saved us. Why he redeemed us. Why I'm a child of the king. Oh, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Because of that, he hath made us, that you and me, kings and priests. I went from an old, dirty, rotten sinner. I'm telling you, my righteousness are as filthy rags. That's how bad it is. That's why Paul said, I'm the cheapest of sinners. But he took me and he put the garment of salvation on me and robed me in his righteousness. And he said, I'm making you a king and a priest. <laughs> oh, I wonder, is anybody excited about being saved? <laughs> I am too. Is anybody excited about going to heaven and seeing Jesus? Amen. I am too. Is anybody excited about the next event's going to happen, the rapture? I am too. I'm looking for it. It could happen at any time. Is anybody excited about seeing their loved ones who's passed and went home to be with the Lord? I am too. I mean, Daddy may be up there. Mama may be up there. And Aunt and Uncle may be up there. Son and daughter may be up there. Spouse may be up there. Grandchildren may be up there. Nephews and nieces may be up there. Friends may be up there. Neighbors may be up there. But guess what? Even those that I've never met, I'll know them as they've been known when I get to heaven. And we'll all have a good time. Let me share with you my last point. It was a night when delay meant there were no more tomorrows. Can you imagine in those homes, when everybody give me five more minutes, Daddy says to that daughter, we can go to bed now. And she says, Daddy, are you sure you got the blood right? He said, I did it like Moses said. He said, I got it right. Mama says, our firstborn's here, and death is hanging over Egypt. By the way, death is hanging over every soul. It's appointed unto man once to die after this, the judgment. And boy, he says, honey, he said, I know I got the blood right. If you'll just... If you were just to go out and look at our front door, it's got a cross on it. She said, I think we could be safe tonight and go to bed. And boy, what about that other home where that daddy said, I don't believe in that blood religion. Well, I don't think I have to do that. Why, I've heard that preacher preach on that blood stuff all my life, and I don't believe in the blood. 
Can I say this? Whether you believe it or don't believe it. The only way you're going to get to heaven is by the blood. That's the only way. There's no other way. Boy, I can just see as they say, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to wait till midnight and just see if it comes to pass. And you know what that meant? That meant no more tomorrow for that firstborn. You see, you may wait. And you might say this morning, oh, I'm not going to get saved right now. I'm going to wait till later. You may be signing your death certificate. Because it might mean there's no more tomorrow for you. It, someday it'll be too late. Someday you'll say no to the Lord one time too many. And there'll be no tomorrow. Oh, how sad that is. It'll be a time of weeping and despair for some. While they were sitting at the table eating and dining... And the Lord had them safe. Screams and cries were going on outside that home when that death angel came passing through. If you die lost, I can promise you you're going to hear screams and cries. People begging God to get out. Saying, I'll get saved now, but it'll be too late. Don't wait. Oh, don't wait. Today's the day of salvation. Let's stand. Father, I thank you so much for the liberty to preach and for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your help and your touch. Lord, I thank you for shedding your blood for me. Lord, I'm glad that I'm safe under the blood. But Lord, I can't help but think of that one here right now that may not be under the blood. They've not invited you into their heart. They've not applied the blood. Lord, I pray that they wouldn't put it off. Oh, I don't want it to be meant that there's no more tomorrow for them if they take their last breath and last heartbeat. Because if they do, they'll step out into eternity in the lake of fire. Lord, I pray that they would come and give their heart to you and trust you as their personal Savior. Invite you in. Lord, we have so much to shout about and sing about, praise you about. And I know, Lord, we let things get us down around us in this walk of life. But there's one thing we can do in the midst of it is we can praise you for saving our souls. For delivering us and redeeming us. I ask you to bless this invitation. Oh, as your Holy Spirit convicts. Because it's got to be in your timing for somebody to get saved. You have to convict them and draw them to you. I pray they'd come in Jesus' name. As we sing, you just mind the Lord, the altar's open. Wash away my sin, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? 
morning. You may be seated. I want to read a card to you. It says, because of you, there's someone who is thanking God today, someone who appreciates your warm and caring way, someone who's remembering the special things you do and wishing you his blessings every day, the whole year through. Thank you so much for the prayers, food, flowers, and visits during the death of our niece, Lindsay. Don't know what we would do without our church family. Love each and every one of you. And that's Wayne and Vera, Benj, and the family. So you continue to keep them in your prayers, if you will. 